When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oi, oi, what's going on, people? It's Three Points in the Guff, Manchester's realest football podcast straight from the streets of the city. And listen, it's your boys, it's me, Pundit J, and with City fan mates, and with Jay Marty, big United fans. So listen up, listen, hey, big up all the fellow Mancunians, red and blue, that are tuning in and listening every single week, do you know what I'm saying? But listen, I want to give a special shout out, you know, to all that are tuned in across from all over the world, because you know what we see, oh, trust me. So big up Japan, Norway, Arab Emirates, America, no matter where you are, we know you're tuning in. So yeah, welcome to the show again. Do you know what I mean? Shout out to you all. So boys, listen, right, close the door, lock off the gaff. We're all inside for today's show now, innit? Yeah, so it's international week. But listen, people, we're still here. We're not, we're not skipping weeks, do you know what I mean? So let's get straight into it. And we're going to start with one guy with a big head, slab head, Ari Maguire, yeah? Now, we watched him against Albania people, yeah, and we've seen him score a header. Good lad. But then we saw him cup his ears. Now, Jay Motty, United, I'm going to start with you, yeah. Tell me what you thought as soon as you seen him cup his big ears. Right, I'll be honest with you, yeah. I, I didn't see it at the time. I saw it at halftime because I was out and I got home and I put on the, the game and they were going through the highlights. So, I, And I think the first thing I saw was his celebration, right? And I saw Roy Keane going mad. And I'm one of them, me. Like... See, when I get when I get home and my missus says to me, your lad's been naughty or one of the kids has been naughty and I have to shout at him, I'm not as angry with him as if I'm there when it happens. Do you know what I mean? If I see him being naughty yeah. at the time and I get angry about it, if I have to tell yeah. him off 10, 10 hours later or five hours later, I'm not as vexed. And it was a little bit like that. I saw it and I was like, I didn't really care as much. But you know what annoyed me about it? Wasn't even that. It wasn't the cupping of his. I think it was a bit daft, but I wasn't like overly bothered. It was the, mm. the, the sort of excuse afterwards. You know, if you're going to do something like that, right? Do it with your chest out. You know, if someone says, yeah. you, oh, you cupped your ears and you did all this, say, yeah, I did, because I'm sick of the criticism. So, I, yeah. I, you know what? So I did that. And like, I'm here, I'm scoring goals for England and people seem to forget who I am and all this. I'd have a bit more respect for it, but it came out and went, yeah, it was a knee slide and it wasn't really aimed at anyone. And I'm like, no, come on. It's not the fact you slid on your knees that people are talking about. It was the yeah, fact that yeah. you're doing all this business and, and all this. And then I see articles and everyone piling on Roy Keane and Roy Keane, he's, he's got to be in his bonnet with Harry Maguire. Roy Keane, I mean, it's it's paper-thin margins between him and Brian Robson, but he's arguably the best captain United have ever had, or certainly in my era. He's got every right to call out a United captain. He's got every right to criticise him. He's got every right to yeah. have high standards. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Albania, what, 63rd in the country, uh, in the world, sorry. So whilst Harry Maguire scoring against them is, you know, for his country is a good thing, I can understand why Keno might look at it and go, really? You've had three months or a month, sorry, of, of poor performances for United because he has. Do you know what I mean? And I like yeah. Harry Maguire, I've defended him, but he's been poor. And then you're acting like Bertie Big Spuds because of a goal against Albania. I see yeah. why Keno was on him like that. And I just wish Harry Maguire would just have a bit more about him. And if you're gonna if you are gonna do that, then just say with your chest out, say, Yeah, I did it and what? Don't start making yeah. excuses. And you know what? He didn't do it. Yeah, exactly. Because when I seen him do it, I thought right, he's talking to me. Because listen, people yeah have been criticizing him rightfully, innit? Because of his performances yeah. for Man United. So when he's cooping your ears, like, all right, celebrations are celebrations, but listen, lad, you ain't played well for a good few months here now. Do you know what I'm saying? So for you to be on your knees. Cupping your ears in big Wembley like that, yeah? Especially to the United fans, because that's who have been criticising him a lot. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, rival fans are always going to criticise anyway because of his price tag and some of his mistakes or whatever. But mainly, he's like he's doing it to his own people and his own fans. So that's what got me. And I thought, I agree with you, Motty. I think Roy Keane had every right to say it was embarrassing and all that. Do you know what I mean? But I don't know. what Mike, how, how, how was you seeing it? So, generally, all that air cubbing stuff don't really, really bother me, um, I suppose. But it, I suppose when it does kind of, when it, when, it, when you have to comment on it, like you guys are saying, at the minute, from a Man United captain, you guys want, want, want winners and you want to be challenged for things. And like you said, a goal against mm. Albania doesn't change that. So you've got to be asking. It was quite an emotional statement to be scoring against a team that's actually, you expect to beat anyway, and running around cuffing your ears. If that was a semi-final of an FA Cup and it's got you to a fight, if, you know, it's all about the, the importance of the situation in it. So if yeah. he goes in as a shocker, you play Chelsea in a couple of weeks. If he goes in as a shocker against Chelsea, 
how stupid is he up there? Because mm. you open your ears against Albania, but when it when it's time to step up, like it was against Leicester, City, and Liverpool, and he got absolutely torn to shreds in all those games, it mm. it, it don't make sense in it. So as a captain, you've got to remain stable and level-headed, in it? And that just was pure emotion. I've scored at Wembley against Albania, knee slide, look at me. But if you do that against, if you if you have a shocker against Chelsea, it's like, it's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? But generally, I don't yeah. really mind it. I, I like a bit of air cubbing when the away fans are giving you stick or whoever fans are giving you stick and you run away, you give it a bit back and that. I generally don't mind it, but I don't think anyone at Wembley was criticising. So was that the place? I don't know. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing in it. Like, I don't think it was the place for him to, for him to be doing that type of stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? But it is what it is, isn't it? Like, he's, he's a free man, can do what he wants on the pitch, innit? And obviously, we're just going to talk about it, simple as. But obviously, I just want to touch on his club form versus his country form. Because listen, in the in the Euros, yeah, Harry Maguire, he was top notch. Do you know what I'm saying? And obviously, he's come to he sees his first two seasons, obviously, were all right. And that, do you know what I mean? He's, the price tag has weighed down heavily on his back, and it is what it is. That's just the way of football, right about now. But, like, how do you think his club form... Because for England, we can't really say he's rubbish. He was in the team of the year for the Euros, isn't it? So do you think that's just a managerial thing? Southgate's getting the best out of him and Ollie isn't? Or what, Mike? Do you know what? I just think international football is just a different, a different thing altogether, isn't it? It's, you're expected to perform in a short space of time in a small number of games. And we've oh, seen yeah. it before. LS Juve had an amazing World Cup and got a move to Liverpool in that. And sometimes yeah. tournament, that type of football, international football just suits certain players. And it might be yeah. that. So I don't think it's anything to do with Southgate getting more change out of um, out of Maguire than, than, than Oli. Um, it could be, though. Yeah. I'm not ruling that out. Because, you know, I think, you know, Rashford went through a period with England where he was doing well. And then when he came back to United, him and I think he might have been under Mourinho, he weren't getting on with him. So it just, it just depends, in it? So I think certain players yeah. are well in that. I'm only here for a couple of weeks and then the pressure's off again. Because you've got to remember, international football is not the same where you're being scrutinised all year round like the likes of mm. to get. Whereas now you, you, you get in there for a short period of time. And to be, anyway, let's be honest, not a lot of people care about international football until it's on. Until it's a, or, or more times still, well, a big tournament's on and that's when everyone kind of tunes in. And that's what? A World Cup's four weeks. So some people can work with that four-week pressure. Man United playing for City, Liverpool and them clubs now. It's a yeah. season big. of pressure, isn't it? So yeah, it's big, big pressure. Yeah, 100%. You get me? Big, big pressure. It's a different kind of vibe, do you know what I mean? But talking about different kind of vibes and talking about pressure and all the rest of it, let's talk about Harry Kane because there's been reports, obviously, that City are going to go back in for, um, for Harry Kane in January. Like, Mike, for you and for City, do you think that's the right thing to do? Or is that boat sailed for you and think, nah, run him. Let's go and get somebody else. Like, how, 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 how do you think about that? Same as before, in it like you can't make decisions based on emotion. It you've got to do the right thing for the club at the right time. And United fans are, are, are keen for that one minute of protesting, one minute it's on Kidori, one minute Ronaldo's a savior, one minute Ronaldo. Here we go. We don't get into that. We don't. So I'm not going to sit here and say we can't look at options that are going to better our team. The club have got to do the right thing at the club for the right time, in it. So I'm not going to sit here and say. Don't look at Harry Maguire. Because let's be honest with you, at the moment, in terms of a prolific guy that operates in that final third, we haven't got one. And he's still one of the best strikers in the league. But what I would say is, it's not. A, I'm not one of those that we definitely need to get back into him. We have to consider it. We have to consider any option that's going to improve our team in it. So, I'd, so I'd, do you I'd, think, Harry, does Harry Kane improve your team? Did I say Aaron McGuire? Yeah, yeah, you meant Harry Kane. But does Harry Kane... <laughs> I'm, still on Maguire, does it... I'm still I've still got Maguire on the brain with his ear cubs and that. But Harry uh, <laughs> Kane... Yeah. As a number... I think... It'll be interesting for you to see. I think he would. But I think that could fall flat on its face if he comes into our team and just is that guy that stands up there and isn't mobile enough. Because we need... We do like... When we want to flip it to the press... If he's not willing to engage in that, he'll be sat from the sidelines watching, innit? So, but 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 it's the same Harry, Harry Kane that press with under Pochettino, though. That wasn't that that long ago, you know. Yeah, that was a twenty-five-year-old, twenty-four-year-old Harry Kane. We're now talking about a twenty-eight, twenty-nine-year-old. I'm not saying that, that you finished at that age, but when you've gone through hard seasons, it takes its toll on your body. Like 
let's just have it right. I, I have a laugh out of a. I have a joke out of Ronaldo on here, but let's just be honest. He's a machine at that age to still be operating at the top level and churning out performances. It's something else. You get me? Anyone that gets to that 34, between 34 and I don't 37 bracket and still be able to mix it in a Premier League, you've got to put, take your hat off to them. And, and like you say, Ronaldo, Fernandino, they all fall into that bracket. Whereas a lot of players can't just slow down. When they get to like 28, you know, they're not, they're not bursting away from guys anymore. It's not about that. It's more about clinicalness and making the right decisions and stuff like that. Yeah, but you don't you don't sound too sure about whether obviously you don't sound too sure whether you think City should slam down because you're gonna have to slam down hundred mil at least, innit, for Harry Kane. After you've just slammed down hundred million for Grealish, what, just months ago, are you is it something that you think City have to do? Like hundred mil plus for Harry Kane right now, halfway through the season. Do you think, in fact, that might actually just take you to the title? Or you just don't know, innit? Like, all transfers are risks, innit? There's no guarantee with any transfer. But I'm just wondering, like, from a City fan point, because I do see City fans saying, nah, we don't need him. I'd rather wait for Haaland or, nah, we don't need him at all. And you know what that's Bernardo can do. Do you know what I mean? Go on. And like you said, the reason, well, it's not apprehension from me. It's, it's a case of, we're not desperately calling out for him because we watched us walk to the league last year, basically, about a set of four. Aguero only contributed four goals and, and mm. he didn't play that many games. So we've seen the team doing it. So we're not sat here thinking, maybe if we'd watched the team not, Aguero was out and we, we lost out to Liverpool again and that. Maybe we would be calling on emotion, but I think what Pep's kind of done is made us think, actually, there's different ways to win league titles, in it? And obviously, it's different for you guys because you guys haven't won it for like eight <laughs> anyone in no nah, don't be cheeky listen you're, listen. I want to know right I want to know Mike's. I want to know Mike's. right I, I understand and I agree with everything you said but if it was up to you you know because this podcast getting big now let's say you know Pep's listening and he thinks you know what <laughs> I like Mike's. I like what he's got to say if it was up to you would you would you make that signing would you say yes or would you say no we don't need it we don't need him Right, I'm sorry. I want to give you the political answer here. So, right, I bro, I'm, nah, I'm, the master, political I'm, I'm the master of the politician's answer, so I can't be too harsh nah, on, on you. On if on a street, do you want? Would you have Harry Kane in your team? The answer yeah. is yes. That's okay. a yes, isn't it? But then, then right. there's a whole right. Okay, if you go and spend a hundred mil on Harry, hundred mil plus on Harry Kane now, he is the answer for you for the next four years, basically. Yeah. Do I think Harry Kane is going to be the answer for Man City for the next four or five years? I'm, it's not a no, but it's I'm unsure about it. And that's why I hesitate. Yeah, but if you, I, what I'm trying to gauge from you is, do you think Haaland's the right guy for City for the next four years? So ha- Haaland, Haaland has got, I'd say, six, five, six years in him at the top level. At least he's got more than that. But I'm, I'm, I'm more confident you'll get a good six years out of Haaland than I would out of Harry Kane. Harry Kane's getting a lot of niggles now. He's 28, so by the, in four years' time, he's 32. Is he still going to be that same guy? Yeah, but Mike, that- yeah, but Mike, you know as well as I do, the best strikers in world football now are aged between 27 and 34. That's just fact. Apart from Mbappe and Haaland, they're the only two you could say outside of that age bracket that are smashing it as strikers from Lewandowski to Suarez. You can go through the whole, Ronaldo, do you know what I mean? Go through the whole list of him. Yeah, well then you've, the just got- that, you've just named a few there that I probably wouldn't take. Now I like Suarez, I wouldn't take him now. Possibly I take Lewandowski, but a lot of those guys that you've mentioned there would I take right now? Do I think City? I need, I need the answer for what City need. Suarez isn't the answer for City. Yeah, so no, I hear you. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just putting it out there because obviously, like sometimes when we're looking when you're going for league titles, it's very rare that a 19 year old is going to come in and lead the line for a top club in England and win the league. When's that happened? It's happened for a long time. So I'm saying, right, we've got to look at it in perspective, innit? Do you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of talk so around Harry Kane, obviously. Who led the line for City last year? What do you mean, who led the line for City? Aguero would have done, but he was injured. Yeah, but that's, what, that's the point I'm making, innit? We didn't have anyone specifically leading the line. So your point to me is we, that whole, the best strikers are in this age bracket, that age bracket. We kind of done it without it. So Do, 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 you, that... feel, do you feel, Mike, that we've... Pep, and this is a genuine question. I'm not I'm not sort of trying to load a question. I don't know. Do you feel he has a little bit of... He's not an aversion, but he's not really feeling the out-and-out strikers. Like, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I, do I, I just feel like with Zlatan, he was one of the few managers that never really fancied him. I know he had Etu, but Etu's a little bit different and he moved him on as well, didn't he? And I always think when I think of a Pep team, I almost think of like the, the Jesus's and those types, the Sterling's and those types of players or the, do you know what I mean? The Messi's, the, the players that aren't out and out strikers, but are more sort of 
inverted wingers almost. You know what I mean? Like, that, that I don't really... for a while, but... yeah, no, that's a good point. I should have, I should have remembered that one. To be fair, um, <laughs> for many reasons we don't need to get into. But I don't know. Do you just feel like I is, don't he, is he a Pep Guardiola player? Is my point that I'm labouring towards? You, Harry Kane. Yeah. Well, he's. I don't think any. I don't think City would have been trying to negotiate with um, with Tottenham in any shape or form if, if Pep didn't want him. So I think Ooh. that answers that. But like you said, I I can't really recall a, a Harry Kane type in any of his other teams. So think, yeah. But another added factor to this thing is obviously Antonio Conte is at Tottenham now, isn't it? So whether he can convince Harry to be, to lead spearhead his his, his project whatever, over the next three years or so, then that's that's another talking about. But what, what I also want to talk about in regards to the Harry Kane thing, because if City go out in January, yeah, spend £100 million on Harry Kane, bring him in, it's going to affect somebody else in the squad. And the person I can see it affecting is Cole Palmer, because what's going to happen is going to be a domino effect, isn't it? Harry Kane's going to come in, and then that means somebody who's playing is going to get dropped. Then they're going to go on the bench, which that means the person on the bench is going to get removed from the bench. So I just want to ask you, Mike, yeah, would you? I don't. I couldn't really ask you whether you'd rather it or not. But do you? Do you? Do you? Do you see that happening? Where Cole Palmer would get probably because because he's getting games in it. He's, he's getting minutes here and there. He's popping up. He's learning the trade. Boom, boom, boom. Do you think that will affect his 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 pathway type of thing if Harry Kane come in? Because make no mistake about it, if Harry Kane comes in, he's going to be playing in it. It depends on what you call. Yeah, you will. Depends on what you call Cole Palmer's pathway. In it. Um, so I think Cole Palmer's pathway, possibly, obviously, we're out the League Cup night, would have been League Cup, FA Cup. And I think Pep kind of stands by that with the youngsters. He gets them rolling into those games and gets them onto the bench here and there where he can. And like you said, I've seen games where he has left out season pros and that says, no, no, where they've got a niggle. Um, and, and rested him and said, right, I'm just going to leave Cole Palmer on the bench. And if he's picking up and scoring goals in Champions League games, which he's doing, he'll still get yeah. the game time. So it may reduce it slightly, but I don't think it will affect it that much just purely because of positions, one, and yeah. also the fact that um, the amount of games City play, we, we, we're in every, we're out of the League Cup now, obviously, but usually we're in everything till, till latter ages and that latter, latter end of the season. So I think youngsters coming through, there's going to be still opportunities for them to pop up here and there and obviously with injuries as well. Um, and let's be honest, I know we're not really touching on it this week, you know, but... I, there's a possibility that Sterling might be on his way and be seeking other options because not because I think he feels what's the word I'm looking for he might feel like he warrants better treatment do you think he warrants better treatment I think in, I think Pep's earned the right to pick the team that he thinks is going to do the job in it so I, I, I don't think Pink, I don't think Pep picks a team based on what he did last season or the season before and I completely not respect that but I think in another team another club where your stature's grown, where you've had a season where you basically helped lead your team to a league title, you you kind of go into that kind of bracket where you kind of... All right. But can, can, can all right, then, Mike. So do check think, it. Do you think, so just, just quickly, it. sorry, sorry, lads, just quickly, because I'm quite curious, just Sterling, do you think he could go in January? Or do you think, because just I'm just wondering, like, with the World Cup, you know, we spoke about England, he might Yeah, like, yeah, I think there's a possibility, that... just purely because he, he wants to play him, because obviously because City are thinking... Do we want another player go for a lot, lot cheaper than, than possible? So I think it, I think there's an option there. You get me? You might be talking about I can't do this. Sat there, and he, Sterling might also be sat there thinking uh, he might not 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 rate his talent. But he might be sat there thinking I believe I'm probably the best winger here, but I can see why Foden's playing ahead of him because Pep's got a style and play, and he seems to fit that more. And that's not him admitting Foden's better than him. That's him understanding the system and circumstances in. I'm realising actually now, nah, I don't want to wait around for an opportunity. I, I know at every other top team in the league, I, I'll, I'll be playing. Yeah, so, so if you're Pepper, so if you're Pepper Sterling knocks on your door and wants, wants answers and all that, do you think he's got legitimate reasons to have those particular answers given to him? Or what? do you think he's got no 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 pull with that? Who who wants answers still? Still, yeah. Yeah, still is a senior member of the team, in it? So I think he's got every right to go and not pep store if he's not already speaking to him and go, yeah, listen, I think I need more game time. You know what I've done? I, I've done good before. You know what I offer the team and that. And then, but Pep says yeah. every right to go, yeah, but I just feel when we're playing this way, we keep the ball better. We do things slightly different. So they've both got arguments and ultimately the decision maker in the argument, Pep, and, you know, there's only going to be one winner there. 
I'll tell you what, I love it if Sterling does go to Pep and starts his sentence with, yeah, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Proper Mancunian, innit? Yeah. Yeah, listen. <laughs> but listen, yeah, listen, lads, right? Because at the moment, City are fourth highest goal scorers in the Premier League, innit? So we, was, we talked on Kane, obviously. Um, City scored 22 goals this season so far. Liverpool are on 31, Chelsea 27, West Ham 23, and City on 22. So... I kind of hear Mike's argument. You get me? Like, is it will it? Is it really needed as such? City are not like, do you know what I mean? 12, 12 highest goal scorers in the league. Do you know what I mean? They're still scoring a certain amount of goals in the Premier League. So it's it's one to watch, isn't it? We're gonna to have to keep our eye on that because that's it's gonna be a big money deal. And to be honest with you, there's not a lot of great big money deals that happen in January. But who knows? And it? it's just round the corner. Um, but moving on, obviously, like we said, it's international week. But I just want to get used to thoughts yeah, on this proposal of the World Cup every two to four years. Obviously, everybody love, loves a World Cup, in it? Do you know what I mean? It is what it is. It brings everyone together. It's a football festival. Can't get enough of it. It bridges the like the season ending and the start of a new season. It does all of that kind of stuff. Do you get me? So, obviously, the proposal um, is, is out there. Do you know what I mean? And I was listening to Wenger talk about it like the other day. Do you know what I'm saying? And it was an interesting listen because, obviously, he's saying for him, like every two years can work because, obviously... It's, it's one of those questions, isn't it? Do you want quality or do you want quantity? Now, me personally, if you said to me, yeah, the World Cup's moving from 40, the four-year thing doesn't bother me. I, I'd happily watch a World Cup every two years. I'm not going to boycott it because it's now every two years. Do you know what I'm saying? So, but obviously the quality has to stay in it. So I just want to know your your two thoughts in it. Where do you two stand on that, Moy? I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan, to be honest with you. I'm a bit old school anyway, me, but... I think the thing about the World Cup is, you know, like the Olympics, every four years, and that sort of, that disappointment you feel when you're losing a World Cup tournament or you don't qualify, because you know it's so far away, that adds to the excitement and the drama and the, and the, the, the sort of euphoria you feel when you do well. I know I've never seen England win a World Cup, but, you know, when we get to semi-finals or we, you know, we get sort of out of the groups or whatever, or when, you know, win a knockout game, you feel that euphoria because it's such an event. It's such a seismic event that this tournament only takes place every four years. Now, I'm all up for things like expanding it a little bit so that, you know, some of the smaller nations have got opportunities to get into the World Cup and play in the World Cup. I don't mind that at all. I think that's only right. But this every two years, I do feel it dilutes it a little bit. I do feel it. In what way, though? In what way? Because because if you say you lose the World Cup, you know, in 2022, you you, you get knocked out of the semis or whatever, you think... (laughs) We'll be back in. We're back here in two years, anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's like okay, yeah, it's devastating. What, what's, what, what's wrong with that? though? what's wrong with that? Because that's one one point of that is it. It stops it being such a an amazing event, such a big event, such a, a rare event because it is every four years. You know, players only get. I think is it Lofa Mateus who's got a record. He's playing five World Cups, or whatever. Players usually only get three or four chances at a World Cup finals. That's why mm-hmm. it means so much. That's why we put so weight on it. That's why we've got Badil and Skinner getting sort of dragged out every four years with their song and three lines <laughs> and all that nonsense because it's so seminal. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you know what? We're still bang on about 66 because, you know, it's one of the biggest events this country's had in terms of sporting achievements. Once you start doing it every two years, you, you dampen it a little bit, you lessen it because it's like, okay, yeah, all it's right. still the World Cup, but it's more frequent. You have more people winning it, more teams winning it. And if you do lose it, you're going to get another bite of the cherry the year after next. So it's not the end of the world. Do you know what I mean? I just feel it dilutes it a little bit. And also... Logistically, you know, you talk about how it's going to affect other tournaments, the world, uh, the, the, the you know, the Olympics, the, the Euros, the the, the I know African Cup of Nations in January, but imagine the World Cup's being moved as well. Yeah, but so more you know, things where how it affects other tournaments as well. Sorry, yeah, on. but Marty, are you just are you just being a traditionalist though? Because what Wenger said, right? He said. The yeah. over 50s, yeah, which you might be. <laughs> Come to think of it, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, last houses and stones there, son. <laughs> <laughs> he said over the over 50s, yeah, are against it, but the under 50s are for it. So it's a yeah. case of the, the modern era, in it, and like the traditionalists, you know what I'm saying? Like, I put, for example, an argument that people throw out, and it's an argument that Wenger used to be, quite honest, which he said, well, the Champions League's one of the greatest competitions on earth, and it happens every single year. Do you get me? We still watch it. It's not. It's not diluted in any form of way. So, I, I, I'm not. I've not got a set. How can I put it? I've not got a set. Like, yeah, it's got a bit. So it's got a bit. I'm quite open minded on it. In it, and to be honest, honest with you, five of the things that they did mention was it's about investment and exposure, growth, having incentive, and 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 obviously hope for hope for some of these nations in Africa, in Asia, across the Americas that not necessarily have their football infrastructure. 
isn't as good as, say, the European nations, in it. So the World Cup, having the World Cup more often enables that to happen, in it. So there's a wide range of arguments, in it. Mike, what are you saying? Yeah, so I was listening to everything Jay Motti said there, and I absolutely agree with everything. But at the same time, I know within myself, it's purely down to being a traditionalist. I just like how things are. So I so let's just take the Champions League, for instance. Yeah, it used yeah. to be the top two for a good while, and if it was still that now, you guys would have seen it for a good few years. <laughs> you have to get one in, innit? What is this, this guy? It's slander, right? It's just, it used to be, it used to be, tell you what, it used to be just when you won it that you got in it. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's not have it, let's have it right. We'll, we'll still be there. We'll still be yeah, there. Yeah. Let's have it right. So, what I'm saying is, it's gone, to, it's gone to top four, it's gone to top four now, and it's become a thing like getting in the top four. I, are you, are you not saying an opening weeks? I think we'll get top four. I think top four is it. That's become second nature chat now. And before that, if we had said <laughs> a few years ago that, hang on a minute, to get in the Champions League, you need to come forward. You need to come forward. We would have, we would have been sitting here having the same conversation. Yeah, it's wrong. What are you thinking about? What are you doing? It's a joke. Whereas some people now live for that fourth spot. They live for it. So, so my point being is, I totally agree. I, I think diluting it, I, my, my thing as well, I think diluting it to every two years takes a little spice. I think the way the Champions League format's gone actually has diluted it a little bit, to be honest with you, but because it's the norm now, no one's really bothered. We just get on with it. Mm. Um, yeah. I think the same would happen with the World Cup. The only thing it might do is grow where those smaller nations that, you know, like, I think one year Panama just about scraped in. Now, if they had messed up, to wait four years for them, that would have been devastating. But another two years with the same sort of squad for them, I could see why they'd want it every two years. But I'm a bit like that I'm a bit on the fence. I'd rather it stay up four because you think I like the fact that you go you, you, you're Europe, then you go world, and then it, you got a little break in between that. So I'm quite I like the format as it is. But I think if it does yeah. go a few years, I think in about in about five tournaments time it'll just be the norm anyway. And I think this this it'll just be what it is. Just, yeah, I agree. Right. I, I, I hear what you know what you're saying, and I don't want to be, you know, I understand I am a bit of a traditionist, and sometimes you need to move with the times. I get all that, but I am a little bit concerned and worried. Like the way already we're seeing, you know, the World Cup in Qatar, it's obviously going to take place in the winter. There's talk that I think is it the final on the the Saturday, and then a week on Sunday the Premier League starts back again. So do you know what I mean? Mm. Like if you're going to start doing this every two years, you're going to move tournaments about. It could have it could have a detrimental effect on on the Premier League. It could. Because of the, the 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 sort of the the regular or the regularity of it as well. So just logistically, I, I mean, I'd have to do a lot more research into how it would work. But it does trouble me a little bit that it may affect the domestic leagues. And you know, as Max pointed out, like yeah. But do you know what? Go on. I hear you. I hear that. But at the end of the day, yeah, let's ask ourselves a real question. Yeah, has any important tournament ever got diluted in since we've been alive? So, for example. When we talk about the European Cup was the European Cup till it got changed to the Champions League, but it's still the most prestigious European competition in 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 in, in, in Europe. So, in that sense, the World Cup has always been the World Cup. It'll always be the World Cup, whether it's every week, whether it's every month, whether it's every year or every four years. In it, so are we looking too deep? What I'm basically saying, are we looking too deeply into it? In it, the Premier League will always be the Premier League, even if they just started playing once a month. It will always be the Premier League. In it, do you get me? So, are we looking too deep into the? Oh, now it's got to be on this particular month and this particular year all the time. That's just obviously because we're used to it, like Mike said, we're just used to it, innit? Do you get me? And obviously a bit of change, we don't like a bit of change I, until I, it I, becomes the norm, innit? Do you know what I mean? I think, I think you're right. And there is there is a bit of that. And I think almost for me as well, because I'm not as emotionally invested in international football, I don't mind yeah. every four years. Do you know what I mean? I can live with that. Like if you said yeah. to me, Manchester United are going to play every month instead of every week, that would affect me a lot more. I'd be like, what, yeah. bro? You know what I mean? Like, because obviously that's the, that's my bread and butter is my team is United. Whereas <laughs> if, it, if it is every four years with the World Cup and every every four years with the Euros, I can live with mm. that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so maybe I'm a little, being a bit selfish. It's like, I'm all right with the way it is. I find it quite yeah. exciting. I'm the same. I'm the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm all right with exactly. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I do. I do think though, um, you only realise dilution when you sit back and reflect. I think there has been dilution. People talk about the, the, the domestic cup competitions now in a, in, a, in a diluted format. You get me? Like, it, it is like... I I think only in recent times, more recent times, do you get the whole resting players... Yeah, but hold on, Mike. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The FA Cup's never been bigger than the European Cup, though. Yeah, but I, that, I wasn't making that direct comparison. You, you, made, you. Yeah, but you're saying, but you're saying it's diluted. 
what I'm saying is, is that every cup is still what it is, isn't it? So the FA Cup meant more, a lot more, a lot more to, to, to all English people and English fans back in the day in English football. But it's never been bigger than winning the league title, has it? Yeah, so yeah, really but... and truly, it stayed, it stayed in its same position. Yeah, but if you take the FA Cup in its own form, I'm talking... So that, I'm not talking about... So the European Cup won't change ranking and the UEFA Cup. That, that's a silly argument. What I'm saying is people view the FA Cup differently. So it, in essence, it is... Diluted, isn't it? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about. Does it? I can't. I can't. I kind of hear you a bit. I remember when I was a kid, and I've seen players that you know yeah. the FA Cup final was the be all and end all. I've seen players saying that you know older players, and I do feel as it last lost lost a little bit of its luster. I mean, you even have games now, don't you? The same day as FA Cup final day, which was used yeah. to be unheard of. Do you know what I mean? So I understand that argument. Like sometimes it is, but I don't know. I think for me, with something like this is once it starts getting suggested changing something in football. Sooner or later, it tends to happen. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Now, it might yeah, not be yeah. like... I think you touched on it earlier, Pundit. It might not be this year and Wenger might not get his way. But I think sooner or later, you're going to see this happen. I think it will. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I because think so, so. Once it's spoken into existence, that is it. Especially when people start looking at the money that's involved. And, you know, we're, we're all sort of realists. We might be traditionalists, but we're realists. And yeah. if, if there's more money involved in doing it every two years, they're going to do that eventually. And that's what will probably happen. I just hope it's, yeah. it's later rather than sooner. No, I hear that, I hear that. Obviously, that this this uh, this debate and discussion over the World Cup will just rumble on and on until it does actually change, in it? Because it probably will change, as 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 you just said, you know what I mean? Um, I just want to touch base, again, with City a minute. Like, um, Mike's obviously James McAtee is a top talent in the Manchester City Academy, innit? Um, there's some contract situations going on at the moment. I think contract runs out in 18 months, I think. Um, runs out in 2023. So, obviously, City, I think, trying to get him to, to sign a new contract. Now, he's another talent. Uh, just like Foden was in 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 the, in the academy, that's trying to make his way. Just like Cole Palmer, and but obviously now he's Salford boss. Big up Salford. Nineteen years old. He's got a brother who plays for Grimsby Town. Um, Grimsby Town, sorry, called John. So he's he's a football guy. I just want to know. Like we spoke, we touched on Cole Palmer's pathway before. Do you think it's a problem, especially with local lads here, yeah, that the what I get into, the what I play first in football, the what I get into City's team, they're in the academy. He's a top talent. Do you know what I mean? There's other clubs eyeing him up. They're talking about he might go on loan to Swansea or Brighton or even Crystal Palace with Patrick Vieira, which I think wouldn't be too bad for him. But do you think it's a problem knowing it? Or do you think, like, do you know what? If you're good enough, he's going to make it and you're hoping that James McAtee actually signs a contract and stays at the club? Or would you rather him go out on loan and get uh, and get experience? So, for me, yeah, we've had this debate before about, like when youngsters feel like they need to be starting in the first team and they're going to get off. Now, that's to me, that's entirely up to them. If if they feel like their their development pathway goal is, is suit, better suited elsewhere, it. But for me, mm. I, 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 I'm no longer... City are a club now that they're at the top in it, like they're at the top table competing. Mm. And and so any manager of, our, of, of City has got an obligation to get the best players on that football pitch performing to the, the best of their ability. And yeah. that doesn't, that doesn't, there's no obligation on Pep to kind of blood kids in it. And I'm not yeah. saying that wanting to, because obviously we wanting to, we always love a local lad um, coming through the ranks and doing well and this, that, the other, but you've got to earn it, innit? You've got to earn it. There's a, there's, there's, there's a pecking on, like Cole Pathway now was in there mixing it. We had uh, Harewood Bellis last year, before he went alone, sorry, in that in and around that first team setup, playing um, along with Eric Garcia and then obviously Foden and Brian Diaz. So there's been through, but it's then down up to them to make an impression when they get in there. Now at the moment, McAtee's not really being given the same opportunities as Palmer. Now that's down to Pep watching that and thinking this guy's not ready. So if he feels that he needs to go mm. elsewhere to get more first team exposure, whether that be in a championship or or abroad, or anywhere, or whatever, then I can't, I won't look at that and think, hmm, no. But I don't see it as a problem, because Pep's job is to get the best players on that pitch for the first team, ultimately. Right, okay. And at the moment, the academy is still producing players that, that are popping up, you know? And if he was that good, he'd be playing. Because like you say, he's 19. You get me? There's been players a lot younger than that that are in Pep's area that have got games in the first team. So it, it's not a worry. Yeah even though I do think he's a great talent and if he needs to move on to further his career, that's his choice. But at the same time, if City are up there winning things, then I think everyone's happy in it. 
No, I hear y'all, hear y'all, do you know what I mean? Because even when I've watched them, I watched them um, with a week versus Bruges, do you know what I mean, at, at the Academy Stadium in the UEFA Youth League, and he was on fire, scored a hat-trick and all that, and you think, flipping out, I've got another one. Do you know what I'm saying? After folding, and you think, all right, you know what, James McAtee, good player, do you know what I mean? Good left. But I also watched, have you watched this kid yet, K-Kai? Do you know what, I was watching, I was watching, um, I was watching it, and I thought, this commentator is calling his, calling his name different, but he's probably the right pronunciation. I think he pronounced it Kaiki or something, do you know what I mean, versus Bruges. So I, th- I think a lot a lot of City fans are probably excited about him. Obviously, that's the kid that they bought from Brazil. Um, so he's coming. He looked he looked decent, yeah. I mean, good feet, skillful. Obviously, with any young player coming into Manchester and settling in is, is the most important thing, and that you got to find your feet. But even with United, because United have lost guys over the years, in it. We're not lost them, but there's talents, especially local guys like guys like Callum Gribben, who, who left not too long ago. He was always talked about coming through with one of the one of the local lads and. A good, a, a great player in this and that. You know, it doesn't always happen in it, and that's the thing. It doesn't always happen. And I'm just looking at this James McAtee situation and wondering, right, how is it going to get solved? And will it get solved? And will he be there in a couple of years' time? Or do you know what I mean? Or will, will he have been moved on? Type of thing. But yeah, it is what it is, and it? it happens. Academy football. So uh, the last thing we want to speak about or touch on: Brendan Rodgers, Manchester United <laughs> managerial position. Obviously, he's been heavy linked with the club in it, Brendan and that and. I personally think he gets... How can I put it? I think the fan base is split. I think there's a lot of guys that rate him and a lot of guys that don't think he's good enough. I think he gets a little bit of a hard time compared to some of the European managers. Guys like even... and Even guys like Pochettino who've been getting glorified and that. But I think Rodgers is equally as good, if not better. Do you understand? So I don't know what you guys think of it. But obviously, Rodgers, he's got a decent CV. He was at Swansea, won the championship playoffs. He went to Celtic. He won the Scottish League, he won the Scottish Cup, he won the League Cup, he done the treble, he came to Leicester, he's won the FA Cup, he's won the Community Shield. Marty, what's the problem with some United oh, fans who don't that? like this guy? You Go conven- on. You conveniently missed out his, his, his spell at Liverpool there. Where he <laughs> I noticed that. Right, one of the best teams in, in the Premier League history and that, and he failed to get it over the line. <laughs> I think I think that was that's partly answer to the question. To be honest with you, pundit, is a lot of United yeah. fans have an issue with the fact it's not the fact he was at Liverpool. Like if Jurgen Klopp said tomorrow I'm going to leave Liverpool, come to United, I think he'd be welcome with open arms. I think the problem is <laughs> I think I, think, I yeah. think the problem is he got sacked from Liverpool because ultimately, as as uh, Mike's has just mentioned there, he failed. I mean, you can argue all right, it was Stevie G's fault for slipping over, but he still didn't win. Do you know what I mean? You yeah, don't get yeah. Prizes yeah, for almost, almost winning the league. He didn't win the league and he didn't win anything yeah. else at Liverpool and he got sacked and they brought in Klopp. So that is an issue is the fact that it is, you know, it's like it's looking like a Liverpool reject. My personal opinion <laughs> on, on, on is, that, um, is, that, is that what you call Is that what that is? You, you think he's a Liverpool reject? Is that no, but I'm, I'm not. Uh, it's, 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 it's look, it looks like that, doesn't it? And that's how the scouts will label it. Well, we sacked him and then he got he ends up at you lot. That's how you know what I mean. That's how it is. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's an element of that. There's still a little bit of feeling like, oh, really? Uh, for me, that's not the issue. If I thought Brendan Rodgers, right, would be successful at Manchester United and would win trophies at Manchester United, I ain't got a problem with the fact he used to manage the scouts. I'm not over the moon about it, but I can live with it. My issue with Brendan Rodgers is, can he get teams over the line? Can he go up against the Klops and the Guardiolas and the Thomas Tuchels? Has he got it in him to to have those, to get a title challenge or to go far in the Champions League? I'm not so sure because I think a little bit with Brendan Rodgers, my issue with him is he's flattered to deceive a little bit. Like there's times when, at Liverpool, for example, is the most famous one. At one point, it looked like the title was theirs. If they, you know, they lost it. And I think it's, you know, you got to give City credit. It pains me to say, but that season City, you know, don't, didn't get enough credit because it was more or less dubbed as just Liverpool losing it rather than City winning it. But look just at some of that. those... Go on. Just just, just on that. So, yeah. you had your gaffer there um, against Real Valerial in, in that final. Couldn't get over the yeah. line. But Brendan Rodgers yeah. went up against Chelsea in an FA Cup final yeah. and took it home. So nah, what, nah, what, what, yeah. That's I know, and I know you love that FA Cup final because you never stop banging on about it. You even give credit to people that weren't there. But that's another story. See, that is a fair comment because he went up against Hugo and he won the FA Cup, right? Yeah, I get that. Well done. No, I'm a big fan of the FA Cup. I'm not dis- disputing that as well. But in the league in particular, you know, this is a guy that needed to get a result at home against Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in the league and flopped. Do you know what I mean? Two seasons ago, where he ended up going from starting the day, I think, in third and ended up in fifth. When we went there, yeah, but you know what? Do you know, no, nah, do you know what? I, I hear what you're saying, but do you know what? Yeah, we have to go on, go on, Mike. No, no, I'm just uh, 
It's fair point by fair point by G. Yeah, 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 but do you know what's sort of know, yeah? Yeah, but you know what it is, right? A lot of the time, we focus, especially in this country, yeah, on the failures of managers. Conte, relegated teams. Klopp's been relegated with a team. Do you understand I, me? Like, I, I, I hear you, right? I hear you on that, right? And the thing is, if Brendan Rodgers comes to United, if he ends up as United manager, right, I'll back him. You know I will. But you're, if we're sitting in now going, is, is he my preferred choice? Do I Would I be going, we've got to get Brendan Rodgers? I have massive worries about the way his teams in the league, in England, tail off. Because he's done it twice at Leicester now, things have gone a bit south, haven't they? In the league, just uh, you know, towards yeah. the end of the season. Now you can look at it last season and go, he was focused on the FA Cup or whatever, and right, he, he won a trophy. I get it, but he still didn't make the Champions League. The season before, they were they were in the top three for the entire season almost. Yeah, but Motti though. Yeah, and but then, Motti, on the Leicester well, thing, you've got to be honest, yeah. At the start of the season, Leicester's objectives, yeah, no one thought Leicester would be in the top four, bro. So he's over-exceeding his expectations. So this is what I'm saying. We have to always put things into context, in it. Leicester are yeah. not supposed to be in the top four, not being cheeky to Leicester, but in general, Leicester, compared to the other teams in the Premier League, are not even supposed to be in the top four. So him once, even yeah, challenging. But, no. do, you, do you get me, right. bro? But once you do that, once you make that rod for your own back, you have to live by that. Once you get a team that's winning most weeks, and then the, the, the nature in which they fell off as well is what was starting, yeah. wasn't it? Because it wasn't like yeah. they just staggered. They had a massive dip in form, I think, in pretty much both seasons, especially the two seasons ago. That was startling. And I know it's different, of course, also of course. If you've got a smaller squad, you lose one or two players, Madison or whatever, you're losing Ndidi, it's going to affect you more than if you're at a bigger club. It just worries fair, me a little bit. Go just on. Done. You're right. To be fair, that's what happened in that Liverpool title charge. There's also that, that last five games, last, I think it's seven games where they just needed to go out and win a few. They just... Off Mate, and, and people people forget like people focus on the Steven Gerrard slip because it's funny and all the rest of it but let's let's not forget that was against Chelsea's resis that was literally Jose Mourinho sent out his reserve team that's why Denver Bar was playing because he had that athletic no, game in, yeah. the, in, the champ, in the Champions League it was it the only goal he had someone in goal I can't remember who it was it was like 40 off he, like, he literally nah, do you know what and then, and then, sorry just on this as well then a week nah, later go on, they go 3 nil up against 3 nil up against Palace and draw 3 all. So it wasn't just, you know, there was a, there was an issue there where he couldn't push that team over the, the final hurdle. And I've seen it a little bit with Leicester in the league as well. And I just worry, when you come at United and the next stage for me, it's not just about, is he a better coach than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, right? Because there's plenty of coaches out there that are better and more able coaches than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I'm, I'm adult enough to admit that. The question is, is he good enough to get United over the line? Can he go up against these teams? And yes, he might be able to do it in a one-off. Ole's beaten Thomas Tuchel twice in one-off games. But can he do it in the league? Can he? Yeah. Push him? Can I ask you? Can I ask you a question then? Do you Go think on. United are just a manager away from winning the league title, or do you think United need a manager to get yeah. back into the mix properly, and then the next yeah. phase is to then start challenging? Or do you think no, no, the next leap is winning a thing? Yeah. Now, I've, I, in answer to your question, I think a manager can come in and could win the title, but he's going to need a little bit. He's going to need at least for me. Probably at least one more player. At least one. Yeah. Well, at least one more player. Right. Maybe more. But I think the next manager can win the title at Manchester United. And I don't think we need to be going into this thinking we need another stepping stone. We need another one who can come in and do a rebuild and lay the groundwork because that's kind of what Ollie's done. And I know everyone's hating on Ollie because we've had an awful couple of months, but he has laid some good groundwork. And I think we need to give him a bit of credit for that. But the next manager yeah, yeah, I agree. has to take us to that. You know, look like look at Tuchel's a prime example that everyone refers to for a reason. You know, he came in, he took over Lampard and he took them to that level where they're challenging now. And I think that's what the next manager needs to do at Manchester United. The next manager can't come in and go, give me five years and I'll rebuild and I'll bring in my own signings and then the, my successor will be ready to take up the mantle of winning us a title. Yeah, yeah, forget all of that, innit? Job, you know what I mean? Like, nah, on. nah, trust me. Do you think them protesters or three of them that are outside Old Trafford yesterday. Guys, <laughs> I hate the fact he's loving this. Do you know what? I hate the fact every question he asks is loaded. He's got, I can't see him. He's got a grin on his face, right? I know yeah. he has. He's absolutely loving it. This football no, no, thing is horrible. Do you think now, you know what, Mike, yeah? Ollie's a replacement. Do you think they had accept Brendan Rodgers? Do you think he... What do you, do you know what? This, like, this, I, I personally think if Brendan Rodgers is appointed... Fans will accept it. They might not be buzzing about it. I don't think you're going to see people kicking off and 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 protesting or anything like. That. I think that protest, you know, there was talk of it being about Ollie, and then it wasn't about Ollie. And I, I think the reason it got a lot of stick was because they mentioned about protests about Ollie, which no, none of the you know fans really aren't going to do that. But in terms of Brendan Rodgers coming in, will the fans accept it? I think they will. 
I think they will to be honest. Listen, United fans right about now will accept anything that's better than Oli, innit? The only the, think, the yeah, problem the, on, pro- the problem is gonna come, yeah, is when it's time to challenge for the title, innit? And then yeah. the end of the day, that's what United are expected to do. And that's the disconnect between Man United at the moment. And their expectations, yeah, are above what's been happening. So the expectations are we must win the title, we must win the title. But they've not got a manager and they've not got a system in place that looks like they're gonna do that, innit? So but I can see why you let me say something, yeah. I can see why United have Brendan Rodgers high on their list. Because I said the other week, United have employed British managers for the last 22 out of the last 25 managers. It's what they do. Do you understand? So Brendan Rodgers right now is top British manager. He's going to be on that list, whether we like it or not. He's got a coaching style. He's got a philosophy. I was watching one thing with him the other day and he was talking about the Barcelona ethos. So when you look at it, what he's doing, what he's done at Leicester and what he's done at Celtic has been fantastic. We can't knock it. So we're looking at it now and you think to yourself, and then, and, and then, and then I started digging a bit deeper and then I looked at it and I thought, hold on a sec. This guy's working with a lot of players that are 25 years old and younger. Papano, Tielemans, Madison, Kalecci, Ndidi, Sayonchu, Harvey Barnes, Luckman, Castagne, Justin. So he's dealing with a lot of young players in it. And when you take that and you think of Manchester United, you've got Rashford, you've got Greenwood. Do you know what I'm saying? You've got guys, the lot. You've got Wambasaka, you've got Brandon Williams on loan. You've got this guy, you've got that guy, Sancho. So it, it kind of makes sense. Now, whether he can win the league or not is a whole different question. But I can understand why Brendan Rodgers is kind of like top of the list. He's one of the main candidates for United think, to be thinking about. Do you know what I mean? I think you make, you know, you've both, you've both made good points. And I don't want to sound like I'm hating on him. Like, I don't think he's a good, I think he's a good manager. I think, like, he's a bit of a figure of funny Brendan Rodgers at times. You know, because the old Liverpool documentary and, you know, you can survive for a week without water, but you can't survive a day without hope. And all these nonsense that he came out with and everyone's like, this guy's a, an idiot. He's not. He is a good coach and he's a good manager and he's had some success. And I don't think you can dismiss that. I just, I'm not quite feeling this one. I think that there's there's probably better options out there. And I think that if it was someone like maybe a, an Enrique or a Ten Hag or a Zidane, I'd be a little bit more excited, excited about that than I am about Brendan Rodgers. With Brendan Rodgers, I'd have severe... Look, can I ask you something about that, though? Yeah. Because I, I, I and, and do you know what? I'll tell you the truth. This week, I've been asking guys, United fans, that I know the same question, yeah? And none of them have been really able to give me an answer. So I'm going to ask you now, yeah? Because you just mentioned Ten Hag now, yeah? Yeah. Ten Hag. Versus Brendan Rodgers. Two yeah. CVs land on your desk. You're Ed Woodward for the day. You're going to look at Brendan Rodgers' CV and Ten Hag's CV and you're going to see a vast difference. You're going to see Brendan Rodgers got a much better CV than Ten Hag. So I'm interested to know, what is it about Ten Hag that makes United fans think, yeah, 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 let's get Ten Hag in. But when it's Brendan Rodgers, it's, nah, I don't know about this guy, you know. I don't know. Even though Brendan Rodgers got a much, much better CV than Ten Hag, I don't get it. I think with so Ten Hag, I mean, no, nah, I think with Ten Hag, he's like, he's quite a sort of, he's like almost like a flavour of the month manager. He's done well at Ajax. Do you know what I mean? The, the Ajax obviously did well in the Champions League, getting to the semis a couple of seasons ago, which sort of put him proper on the radar. Didn't it? everyone was like looking at him and what he's doing, and obviously to play good football with players as well that haven't necessarily shone at other teams. Do you know what I mean? Like other players they've got. I mean, yeah, but Jardine did the same thing with Monaco to get into Champions, and this is what I was arguing with a guy because I was saying, yeah. I was saying to, a, to this guy that I know, I was saying, listen. Pochettino took Spurs to a final. Yeah, so what yeah. we're saying now, and there's bare United fans that don't want Pochettino because they think, oh, he's yeah. overhyped. But he took Tottenham up Spurs, do you know yeah. what I mean? With guys like flipping Serge Ori at right back to the Champions League final. So you know what but- it might be sometimes, like, I know this sounds a little bit crazy, but it might be that, like, with Ten Hag, you know he's had a lot of success at Ajax. You know he's had some, you know, relatively speaking, success in the Champions League with the resources he's got. You don't know what he'd do in the Premier League. And it's that uncertainty that sometimes makes him appealing because you think he might do what Tuchel's done. He might come in here. Whereas with Rodgers, you feel like you know what he's about in the Premier League. Do you know what I mean? I know that sounds like a contradiction because you go, well... No, I, I hear what you're saying. You know I, mean? I hear it's what like you're saying. Was, but do you know what it is Sometimes for me? people get attracted to the fact that you don't know this guy could come in and be the best thing you've ever seen in the Premier League. Like, you just don't yeah, know. Yeah. And that sometimes gets people a little bit more giddy for someone yeah. than you do know has finished fifth twice on the spin. Admittedly, with, yeah, you know, yeah. with a team that's that's got lesser resources, but I think personally that's what sometimes gets people a little bit giddy. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I think I think that's a fair point. You know what I mean? And it, it comes it comes down to patterns in football because guys like Tuchel and Klopp and they they they've done things in in you could put what the top the top four leagues in Europe. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they've done it whether it's Germany, Spain, Italy, France, England, whatever. The Dutch league is probably just below that. Do you understand me? And to be honest, quite honest with you. Dutch managers, the exports that come from there, don't they don't really do much. You know, again after the leave Ajax, you know, 
you know what I'm saying? They don't really do a lot. It's, it's, do you understand a, mixed, me? it's a mixed bag in it with uh, yeah with managers. You know what I mean? And like, I think like, yeah, you just don't know, do you? Like, because I don't want to be don't like, know. Mm. you know, like obviously we had Van Gaal, didn't we? I know it's different because he was experienced and he went round and and he won the FA Cup, but the football was awful. But obviously Ten Hag, you think he's got a better style, a bit more exciting. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, there was talk. I don't know, Mike, if you've heard this one. I was seeing um, Ten Hag being sort of spoken about as a possible long-term successor to Pep Guardiola. I don't know if you've seen some of them reports. Um, um, we, to be fair, we, for anyone that plays a, a possession-style type of football gets linked with... Yeah. So I, I tend not to... I just looked at that. Didn't, didn't, didn't really... Didn't really batter the island too much. I just thought, OK. Fair enough. Because it's going to come down to at a point when City are ready to, 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 to pull the axe... Um, or, or, or that's the wrong phrase to use with Pep. What goes on at the Etihad? The pull, pull the ass. Yeah, we'll see you at the point where they come to a decision where where Pep decides or City decides, whoever decides. No, it's time to make that change. It's going to be based on who's kind of who's been on a run for a while, who's doing it then, or it's going to be a, there's going to be loads of factors that play into it. So I think I'm a bit more calm and casual about yeah. our next appointment, really. Um, but it's yeah, to, to be honest, it's a massive one for us that to be fair, because it's no matter who comes in there, I'm under no illusion there's going to be a dip. I just hope you get, and, I'm, and, and the other thing, just to add to that, like the amount of success that City are having right now, I'm under no illusion that we're going to go through a bad spell at some point. I just hope it's at the point where we've got 27 league titles, five champions, <laughs> and then, you know, it, it's at that point where we go through our bad dip, but yeah. I just don't. I just don't wait still recording this podcast when it happens because I've taken some beatings. We, me and Pundit, have taken some beatings <laughs> over these last few months. I'm telling you, hey, listen, Marty, I've never seen Mike so happy, bro. Serious, man. Honestly, you know what I mean? Man. But listen, Brendan, Brendan, Brendan Rodgers was linked with City as well because City actually wanted him to come on the coaching staff when he was leaving Swansea. But obviously, he went, he went, he went to Liverpool and done what he was doing. But um, so yeah, he's been touted to take over from City. Even some City fans on, on my Twitter have said, "Now nah, he's coming to us once he's finished, once Pep's finished." Rogers is our guy, type of thing. So it is what it is, isn't it. Obviously, over the next few months and years, isn't it, we're gonna find out and see what's going on. Do you know what I mean in regards to the coaching thing? But yeah, it's Oli out at the moment, <laughs> and the red half of Manchester. It seems from 95 percent, ninety nine percent of the people, losing, he's losing support. Any, I think, I think people always back the manager because he's the manager, but. You know, even like I said to you last time, even on uh, in the ground, people are just looking at it. You can't be losing games the way we are to our rivals and still have people yeah. believing in you. It's I think he's in on borrowed time. Even the Watford game, I think if he loses that, he could be gone. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just have to keep a close eye on that. Do you know what I mean? But people, listen, three points in the gaff. You know what time it is. And listen, share it. Tell a friend, you know the drill. You know, no matter where you are in the world, you get me. We're hearing you, we feel you, we see you. It is what it is. But listen, it's it's been a pleasure again. Another week, Premier League's back next week. Do you know what I'm saying? So make sure you tune in for that. Get your chocolate digestives ready. You feel me? But listen, it's been a pleasure. As I said, it's me, Pundit Jay. I've been here with Jay Motty, big United fan. And Mike's big City fan, do you get me? So until next time, we're gone. Sports Social Podcast Network.